For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Your top four wide receivers for week 15 of fantasy football. Number one, the top spot, CeeDee Lamb at the Buffalo Bills, according to Hayden Winks. Number two, Tyreek Hill against the New York Jets. A.J. Brown at the Seattle Seahawks. And we close things out with hopefully a full game and a productive game from Justin Jefferson at the Cincinnati Bengals. It's been a while since we had anybody other than Tyreek at the top. So C.D. Lamb's been the number one in usage this month. Cowboys number two in neutral pass rate. This is a shootout against Buffalo. Buffalo is injured in the secondary. Perhaps safety Micah Hyde isn't going to play. Not that he's like a superstar anymore at this point, but CD Lamb's winning vertically. He's getting up the schemed up looks. And I just think that game's going to go absolutely crazy. Yeah. I mean, he's scored a touchdown in five straight games. Yeah. <laughs> Who's slowing him down at this point. Uh, then talk to me about Tyreek Hill. Obviously he's questionable for yeah. this game. We saw him in and out of the lineup this past week. This is against the New York Jets. Hayden, they did play earlier this season. I believe that was in week 12. An interesting note, because we always talk about the outside corners and sauce Gardner and, DJ Reed in that game in week 12, Tyreek Hill, according to Rich Rebar, played 51% of his snaps in the slot. That's the second highest rate of the season. And from the slot, he caught six of seven targets for 63 yards and a score. Obviously, McDaniel's going to move him around to get him schemed up, but I do want to note they're perhaps going to be like 20 to 30 mile an hour wins. That's not going to help. And Tua just lost his starting center, who's very highly graded, according to PFF, Teron Armstead. Uh, offensive guards are all on the injury report right now. And obviously the offense doesn't click as well without them. So this is a kind of a placeholder for, for Tyreek Hill. I hopefully he gets in a full par- participation on Friday because he has not practiced with that ankle injury. Okay. Talk to me about AJ Brown at number three. Obviously everyone's going to start these players in this top tier. Uh, DFS. You might even have a bye. You might even have a bye. Um, Devin Witherspoon, I believe though, has missed some practice this week. Yeah, and they just haven't been very good right here. Uh, they're 27th against fantasy wide receivers, the only 21st in passing EPA. Uh, I think that this is a great bounce back opportunity for AJ Brown. Very rarely do we have the opportunity to, to kind of buy low versus where um, they are projected, but AJ Brown has been underperforming his usage recently. This month, wide receiver 27 and wide receiver 8 usage, that typically does not hold up. Yeah. I think this is a good chance to get uh, back in the win column with them, and they're projected for 26 points despite being on the road. Yeah, I think his pick and projection is somewhere near 81 and a half receiving yards. We went through that stretch of, you know, five straight games with over 125 yards, mm-hmm. and the usage is kind of matching that we should get that. I mean, back to back weeks, 13 targets. It's crazy. He was the wide receiver 22 last week, and that was despite a 13 target, nine reception, 94 yard game. Yeah. Okay, Justin Jefferson. The trust level, I mean, people are going to be a bit nervous. You know, it's against Cincinnati Bengals, though. A Bengals defense that is allowing nine yards per target. 
and nearly 15 yards per catch, which is 31st in the NFL. Last week, I was low on Justin Jefferson. Obviously, nobody was able to predict that injury, but I thought that Josh Dobbs was not a good fit for Justin Jefferson because just because of how much he scrambles. I think Nick Mullins is more of the distributor type of pocket passer, and I think those type of guys tend to lean on their number one wide receivers. Right now, the Bengals have been really bad in the secondary. They have a starting corner on injured reserve recently. Parker Washington, Zay Jones, Odell, Nelson Aguilar, all of those guys have reached 10, a half PPR points. I'm not expecting Justin Jefferson to be banged up with this game. He's already a full participant on Thursday. So I have really big expectations for Justin Jefferson. Pick and Lobby has it at 77 and a half receiving yards. Even that feels a little light for me. I think that they're just going to pepper the ball to Justin Jefferson. No Alexander Madison, a couple offensive line injuries. I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple screens on top of all the post route go routes that Justin Jefferson has made himself one of the best receivers in the league. Do you want to take a swing on where consensus rankings have Justin Jefferson this week? They're probably scared to compete. They have him at like wide receiver 11, 15. Let's go. Basically the inverse of what, where I was in the market was last week. This is true. Okay. Now let's have some fun. Your wide receiver five on the week is Debo Samuel. I mean, what a player. At the Arizona Cardinals this week, we've talked about they're like 16-point favorites or something <laughs> absurd on the road. I mean, Debo Samuel has had a rushing touchdown in three straight games. This is exactly back to, I don't know, the 2021 stuff that we totally loved from him. He just looks healthy on tape, and then the numbers obviously expect this to be a massive game. By far the highest team total with the 49ers, and then I've talked about this before. We've also seen the San Francisco 49ers pass the ball more recently and then even when they do run the ball well guess what Debo very much invited to that party at the goal line we've seen a couple schemed up looks for him uh there so he's the wide receiver two on wide receiver 23 usage this month and I think on top of that if you really want to zoom in on the matchup there the Cardinals are 31st in passing EPA I also think that they'll struggle up the middle uh they have some injuries up the gut as well so I just think everything's pointing to obviously a huge San Francisco 49ers party Okay, the wide receivers six and seven share a team that is Cooper Cup and then Puka Nakua. Um, They were much lower in this ranking last week. Who could have Mm -hmm. expected the performance that we saw in conditions for this passing offense? But we're getting it once again. And Hayden, let's have a short memory here of the struggles uh, that we had with Cooper Cup since, you know, returning from his last injury. Uh, now everyone is back in the pool, especially consensus rankings who also have him as a wide receiver six this week. Yeah, this one makes sense to me because Matthew Stafford's playing out of his mind. Go watch that scheme episode. He's just unbelievable right now. Matt uh, and then Cooper Cup himself last week, he had yards after the catch plays. He also had contested catches down the field and the commanders right now. It's a complete joke. They're dead last in passing EPA. They're second worst against fantasy wide receivers. And right now, your Los Angeles Rams have the second highest team total of the week. So when I called it this offseason that they would be playing Madden, I got it right sometimes. But with Cooper Cup fully healthy now, I'm hoping we can get a good stretch to close out. So hopefully you have some Cooper Cup teams in best ball mania if you advanced. According to Reeves. The commanders are allowing a league high 10.1% touchdown rate to slot wide receivers this year. Uh, And then I don't want to forget about Puka Nakua here. Mm -hmm. I mean, against outside wide receivers, Washington is allowing a league high 140 yards. I think the only concern here 
is that Washington's offense just like doesn't show up to the party because we have seen actually in second halves this year when they do have a lead, uh, the Rams running the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. The neutral pass rate drops a lot. So if we get a little pushback from Sam Howell and company, that would definitely help us. I've already taken hires in the mm-hmm. pick and lobby on Puka Nakua and his 67 and a half receiving yards this weekend. I like that. There's enough room for both to get home. They're number one in wide receiver usage this month. The Rams are. And on top of that, the commanders, they've traded their best edge rushers. Their corners are not good. And they just placed linebacker Jameen Davis on injured reserve. Okay. I'm on Ross St. Brown is next. This is against the Denver Broncos. He's been around in this territory for much of the season. Hayden, it's a bit of a quiet streak, a, yep. a, a down streak from Amon Ross St. Brown as of late to the tune. He just has five catches for 70 yards over his last two games. Last week was a disaster. They lost a couple offensive linemen. It was tiny hands in Chicago. None of those are going to be as important here because they're back at home. I don't think the Broncos are going to create as much pressure as what the Bears did last week. And he's going to be in the slot. I know that we're scared of Pat Sertan. First of all, nobody shadows wide receivers anymore. And Pat Sertan's played 3% of his snaps inside the slot. On top of that, the Broncos have safeties and linebackers on the injury report. That's going to help uh, Amon Ross St. Brown here. So I think it's a good buy low spot for him. I do think, though, that trend in usage is because they have two running backs fully healthy that they want to get touches to. So I think it makes sense that Amon Ra and Sam Laporta, they've just been a little bit more inconsistent recently since the return of David Montgomery. Okay. I have some Broncos stats, though, that might throw some caution out there for pick and lobby enthusiasts. Um, wide receivers have scored just 40% of the fancy points allowed by Denver this season. It's the second lowest rate in the NFL. Nico Collins is the only like true quote unquote number one wide receiver inside of the top 20 against Denver since week four. I mean, Keen Allen was kept to six for 68 Stefan Diggs for three for 34. Both those guys line up in the slot quite a bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pick and lobby's made adjustments. He's at 71 and a half receiving yards. So I think that's, that's fair. He was like in the eighties for a good stretch uh, back in November. Stefan Diggs. We just mentioned his name. This is against the Dallas Cowboys. Again, another premier wide receiver who has had it difficult yeah. as of late Hayden, just to bring up some stats in recent games for Stefan Diggs. 11 targets, four receptions, 24 yards. Um, we did have a six-catch, 74, and a touchdown. But then just before that, also four catches for 27 yards and three catches for 34 yards. He hasn't even hit 14 expected half PPR points since week seven. And I think that Joe Brady is just asking Josh Allen to both run the ball more himself and to target his running backs. That said, this is a completely different game plan just because the Cowboys could absolutely light it up. On offense, eight different wide receivers have had more than 50 receiving yards against Dallas in the last four games. So eight wow. receivers in the last four games have gotten there. DK Metcalf had 134 yards and three touchdowns. So I do think this is, once again, a good buy low spot for Steph Diggs. That said, I do think that Joe Brady's calling a little bit different of an offense Uh the last couple weeks after those Josh Allen interceptions. It's interesting about the eight wide receivers over 50 yards in the last four games, because just two wide receivers this year have hit a hundred yards against this Cowboys defense. Mm -hmm. And both of those guys went to Ole Miss. Um, 
obviously Stefan Diggs is in the category of DK Metcalf and AJ Brown. I've actually seen some Duran Bland maybe isolated in coverage, giving up some big plays. Too aggressive. Trying to get those pick sixes. <laughs> and and who wouldn't? Who wouldn't yeah. put that out there? So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Stefan Diggs makes it three yeah. this week. Yep. Okay. We'll close at the top 10 with the second 49ers wide receiver. That is my guy, Brandon Ayuk. Um, he has either a touchdown or a hundred yards in uh six straight games. Not bad. Not bad. And then back in week four against Arizona had 148 yards. Yep. Not yeah. bad. The Cardinals just are very on six bad targets just on yeah. six targets. Cardinals are not good. This is a good spot. <laughs> I think it's that simple. Ooh. Tier two. We start with the wide receiver 11, the metronome, Michael Pittman. Okay. Let's talk about it. This is against the Pittsburgh Steelers. He now has eight or more receptions in six straight games and has done that in 10 of 13 games wow. this season. Tyreek Hill is the next closest player to hit that mark with eight games of eight or more receptions. So obviously he and Tyreek Hill are quite different in the mm-hmm. amount of true explosive game-changing plays that they have. But what we're talking about consistency on a weekly basis, giving you a floor, maybe the ceiling doesn't reach as high, but Michael Pittman is definitely giving that to you this week. They're number one in neutral pass rate this month. I wonder if that's because they don't trust the ground game as much with Zach Moss struggling. So I do think that Michael Pittman obviously benefiting from the RPOs. He's His first read target share is through the roof. I think it's a little bit rougher of a matchup this time. The Steelers are now top 12 in passing EPA. They've allowed just two wide receivers to reach 12 half PPR points since week four. That's a long time. And that's just about the time when they made some starting adjustments on the back half, get Mika Fitzpatrick back in the lineup as well. So pick him lobby, 74 and a half receiving yards. I do think that he is a walking five for 50 at this point. I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for him to hit that huge ceiling just because the Steelers have really bottled things up. And I think part of the reason is the Steelers offense runs the ball and plays so slow and pathetic on offense that these games just a little bit harder to shoot out on. Mike Evans is up next. I think I'm in on Mike Evans this week. I mean, we should be at all times, but this is a tremendous note from Rich Rebar and his worksheet over at Sharp Football. Green Bay is playing cover three on nearly 42% of passing plays this year. That's third in the league. Mike Evans has faced two teams, the only two teams that run cover three at a higher rate than the Packers. That's the Panthers and that's the Colts. In those games, Mike Evans had six for 70 and two touchdowns and seven for 162 and one touchdown. Not disagreeing that the upside is certainly there. He's been going completely ham. And Chris Godwin is once again on the injury report, did not practice. Uh, wait, so waiting on this Friday injury report. But at the same time, the Packers just are such a run funnel. Offense is facing them. Choose to run the ball at the highest rate in the league. Fantasy wide receivers, the Packers are fifth best against the position. Team total is under 20 points. It's in Green Bay. So there's a reason why I have Mike Evans a couple spots down the field. He's just going to have to make good on those cover three looks down the field. Those are like kind of like 50-50 balls down the field with him. Obviously, we're, we like Mike Evans' chances on them. But uh, I just think overall volume might be a little bit lower than usual. Jamar Chase is your wide receiver 13 this week. We've talked about it in the quarterback tier show with Jake Browning, how his a dot is super low, how everything is in that zero to nine yard area. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that fares against a defense that loves to get at it 
loves to show these exotic pressure looks, loves to muddy all the gaps and what Zach Taylor's response is going to be in terms of screens and manufacturer touches to Jamar Chase. There's even before we get into the specifics of the matchup, just wanted to note that Jake Browning, he's been on the injury report with the right forearm issue. And then Jamar Chase was DNP limited with that ankle injury. Both players played through it last week, but there's a little bit more risk here versus some of the other players not in the injury report. And Brian Flores could absolutely go crazy against inexperienced uh, quarterbacks like Jake Browning. That said, teams typically don't try to run the ball on Minnesota. They try to win this thing through the air. And sometimes, like we've seen, uh, just wide receiver screens. Obviously, Jamar Chase would be the guy there as well. So I have him a little bit lower than otherwise I would if he was fully healthy. Um, and if this was just a little bit more experience at the quarterback position against Brian Flores. But I do think that there is plenty of upside with Jamar Chase. Just hope that he's actually yep. fully healthy. I agree with that. Plenty of upside with DK Metcalf, too. I mean, this Stop. could be a smash spot, man. I think people might remember, you know, last week, DK Metcalf, where Drew Locke literally had one good drive and then got ejected versus, you know, the DK Metcalf we saw with Geno Smith the last time he was on the field. Just get the ball out of his hands in 2.4 seconds. Let him beat smaller corners. And now we get the Philadelphia Eagles, who covering on the outside has been brutal this season. And I believe Darius Slay isn't practicing. Just Slay. Yeah. He's going to write in and say, get rid of the Darius. So it's just Slay. Got it. Just Slay. Well, he's not practicing right now. Uh, kind of these like big wide receivers against Philadelphia in particular have gotten home. Michael Gallup has 48 yards in a tutty. Debo Samuel, 116 yards and two touchdowns. Gabe Davis had 105 yards in a touchdown recently against Philadelphia. Uh, this game is back at home. Geno Smith, he was limited on Thursday, still up in the air on his status. But I do think that DK Metcalf is just so damn good. This is the league's worst fantasy wide receiver defense playing on the road. Chris Olave is up next. He is also questionable, I believe, against the New York Giants. The Giants are blitzing. Another great note from Richard Barr at 41.5% of the Insane. snap. That is second in the league. Derek Carr, shockingly, has been outstanding when opposing defenses get aggressive. Against the Blitz, he's completing 70% of his passes, Dang. second in the NFL. I think this is a good matchup if he's healthy. For that reason, just even zooming out beyond that, Giants are fourth worst against fantasy wide receivers. Chris Olave just hasn't practiced yet with that ankle injury, so still waiting for some for, for some news there. Rashid Shahid. He's back in limited fashion, still waiting on news with, with Taysom Hill and all that stuff. So this is a placeholder. If everything was fully healthy, I would want to uh, take some hires on Chris Olave at 65 and a half receiving yards. It's still just too early to exactly know what is going on. Okay. Your wide receiver 16 is DJ Moore at the Cleveland Browns. I will remind you, Hayden. But I think in the full five games that Justin Fields has played with DJ Moore this year, DJ has been a top 10 wide receiver oh, in yeah. each of those weeks. And here you have him as the wide receiver 16. Yeah, I don't like to to do this. He's the wide receiver six and wide receiver five usage this month. This is basically as low as I can rank a player this productive. But he's been limited on the injury report, DNP and limited with an ankle injury. They're playing in Cleveland. Uh, Denzel Ward is expected to come back. This is the highest sack rate defense in the league where Justin Fields has been exposed at times. 
Only five wide receivers the entire season have more than 13 and a half PPR points against Cleveland. So this is actually a hat tip to DJ Moore that I have him ranked this high because everything is stacked against him right now. Uh, pick him lobby 65 and a half yards, which is pretty close to this kind of tier. Okay, we move on. Cortland Sutton. <laughs> this is at the Detroit Lions, okay? He has not reached 100 yards in a game this season. Who cares? He's averaging just six <laughs> targets per game. Does it matter? Because it's 62 yards, and more likely than not, he's scoring a touchdown, and that's what you're getting from him. And I like just the matchup in general here. Going into a dome, the Lions offense should be able to move the ball pretty effectively. I like negative game script with Cortland Sutton, Detroit, 26 in passing EPA allowed. They're 23rd against fantasy wide receivers. I think that there's going to be plenty of matchups, isolated situations for Cortland Sutton to go out there. And I just think it makes sense that Cortland Sutton is breaking the touchdown models because Russell Wilson loves to give his guys an opportunity down the field. We've seen that for years and years. And right now there's only one guy that's able to get his toes in and that's Cortland Sutton. Love it. I mean, being wide receiver 40 something in volume and opportunities per game and him breaking your models is why you don't just stick to your models. Mm-hmm. Watch you, a little you tape. Watch the games. Devontae Smith. This is at the Seattle Seahawks. Should be copy and paste many of the things we said about AJ Brown here. Yeah. Uh he's the wide receiver 13 in usage this month. I think some of that will go down with Dallas Goddard back, but I think that I like Smitty's chances against Seattle. I just like that game environment in general. Okay. Jaden Reed all the way up here as your wide receiver 19 on the week. We know that Christian Watson is going to miss this. Um, the Packers are third in the NFL with 22 passing plays of 30 or more yards. Tampa Bay has allowed 22 passing plays of 30 or more yards this year. That's 29th in the league. I'm not sure how many of those Jaden Reed is going to be responsible for since, you know, we like the, um, uh, what's his name? Wicks, Dontavian Wicks and, um, Big Romeo. Romeo Dobbs further down the field, but I also think Jane Reed can be more than just a manufactured touch and short reception type player. It helps that Carlton Davis is officially ruled out. There's a other player like Vita Vea, uh, Devin White, who are very questionable to play for Tampa Bay as well. Even with Carlton Davis, that's their best corner. They've been 25th against fantasy wide receivers, 28th in passing EPA allowed. So this is a fantastic spot. Jaden Reed has every bit of the wide receiver two usage we're looking for. He's a good player, a post by rookie bump candidate. Hopefully his ankle injury is not an actual problem. He's been limited in practice. Assuming he's ready to go, I think it's a great spot pass funnel with missing starters on, on Tampa. Okay. We move it on to Rasheed Rice inside your top 20. The definition of a long season. I remember back in like week six when he was popping up for like 20-something percent of routes. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, hey, keep this on your radar because he is the only one that can do the types of things that he offers for this Chiefs offense. And what we have now seen is he ran a route on a season high 82% of the team's dropbacks this past week. His previous high was 70% just a week higher. So they understand it too. Completely agree with that. This is out of necessity. Get him going. Andy Reid's been very complimentary of him. The Patriots are the number one rushing EPA and number one rushing success rate defense in the league. So they're kind of operating as a pass funnel. They don't have a stud corner. I would guess that Belichick would be more occupied on Travis Kelsey. 
So I think it's a good underrated spot against Rasheed Rice. Obviously, playing the Patriots doesn't seem very good on paper, but I think if you really zoom in here, he's he's in a good matchup, and he's already the wide receiver 16 on wide receiver 20 usage this month. Love that. Tier 3, kick things off with the wide receiver 21, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, it's been a really nice week for DeAndre Hopkins, a nice little spell for him of this season. It's also a little bit of a revenge game factor here oh, yeah. against the Houston Texans, even though that's probably more of a Bill O'Brien statement than it is the city of Houston because he probably liked his time in Houston. Um, this past week, it was a third 100-yard game for DeAndre Hopkins and the first, actually, with Will Levis at quarterback since week eight. Boom bust type of player just because Will Levis is getting giving him an opportunity to win downfield. The Texans right now are missing Will Anderson, who's been yep. phenomenal as an edge rusher, and Tavier Thomas, a starting corner in the secondary. So I think it's a good spot for DeAndre Hopkins to to keep on going here. It's like him as a scheme fit with Will Levis, just give these guys an opportunity to go up and get it. 57 and a half receiving yards in the underdog pick'em lobby. There it is. Love to see that. Amari Cooper also loved to see. Um, he had a season-high 14 targets this past week, Hayden. Now, only caught seven of them for 77 yards, but seven for 77, where we'll you have that. as like wide receiver 22, I'll take that all day long. Yep. This is against those, the Chicago Bears, who they are allowing just 53 yards per game to opposing wide receiver ones, which is second in the league. Jalen Johnson has a huge grade for PFF this year. Yeah, he's a good player. Um, I just wanted to keep going back to the usage well. Joe Flacco, third in neutral pass rate, and Amari Cooper had almost 16 expected points last week. I still think Amari Cooper is underrated uh, based off the tape. And yeah, the Chicago's defense is definitely better right now. They are still 27th in passing EPA. Yeah. So I still think they are somewhat vulnerable, and I'll just take my chances if Joe Flacco is going to keep throwing the ball downfield. Another great nugget from the worksheet um, on 58 routes with Joe Flacco. Cooper Cup has been targeted on 33% of his routes. When he was playing with Deshaun Watson, that was at 22%. PJ Walker, that was at 26%. Dorian Thompson Robinson, that was 17%. So, yeah, I mean, if we get 42 pass attempts again from Joe Flacco, uh, a lot of those are going in the direction mm -hmm. of Amari Cooper, which we love. Still a really good player. Zay Flowers. Up next for you, this is at the Jacksonville Jaguars. He actually has not topped 75 yards receiving in a game since the season opener. But I will stress, he's like a much lesser, much smaller version of Devo in certain ways where like there are some manufactured touches from. I'm not saying true running back hand handoffs here. But it's like in that spectrum of, okay, we can get some receptions. You can win after the catch. And then also we can manufacture some stuff from you at the line of scrimmage. Uh, it's like Debo and then Jane Reed. And then I would say Zay Flowers is maybe like somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I think all that is fair. And obviously without Mark Andrews there, he's more likely to get a couple schemed up passes. And I think in particular in this game, we're facing a pass funnel Jacksonville defense. The defense coordinator straight up says, I dare you to pass the ball against us. Well, guess what? That exact secondary is missing safety. Andre Cisco, corner Tyson Campbell on top of that. So Zay Flowers he hasn't like absolutely gone crazy in a game. I think that he's still a player in development, like you talked about. A couple drops last week, if he were, was able to corral some of those, I do think there are spike weeks available for him. So 
even though we're down into the 20s in my rankings, I still feel really good about like this tier of wide receivers. That's just, said that often this season. Right. That's just a product of, you know, no teams on by right now. It honestly might be for the next two names. And then there's a tier that that is right. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get into one more. It is Garrett Wilson as the wide receiver 24. Um, are you just predicting a Zach Wilson back down to earth moment here? Jets fans want to know Hayden, against the Miami Dolphins. Well, as you know, I don't predict these things. I look at what the betting markets think, <laughs> and they have the second lowest team total. They're playing in potentially really bad conditions, talking about the the wind down there in Miami. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, I like Garrett Wilson. I like Zach Wilson way better than the big boy, Tim, Tim Doyle. But uh, I think it's just a little bit scary when we're talking about he's a- averaged 10.9 half PBR points in the eight games with Zach Wilson. And the team totals at under 15 points in windy conditions. So uh, this is kind of where he stands. I just don't think like the the game environment upside is as good as it is like with the Amari Cooper, Zay Flowers. Calvin Ridley, your wide receiver 25. Um, the Pick'em Lobby does not love Calvin Ridley this week. It makes sense they're facing the Baltimore Ravens defense. This is at home. But 47 and a half, I believe is his yeah. projection. He had a season high, and no one's going to talk about this, a season high 13 targets last week. However, 31% of those were inaccurate, deemed inaccurate by whoever's yeah. charting out there. Okay. Yeah. I kind of like the the higher on the 47 and a half. That, that, feels, that feels a little light. Obviously, this is not a good matchup. Uh, we're still trying to figure out how healthy Trevor Lawrence actually is. Baltimore is number seven against fantasy wide receivers. Teams have typically been running the ball a little bit more in neutral situations against Baltimore, trying to take advantage uh, maybe a little bit of a hit and miss uh, defensive line. I just think that the usage is still there. Wide receiver 10 usage totally. over this month, no Christian Kirk. So I think I'll take my chances uh, trying to hope that some of these 50-50 balls down the sideline could hit home. And then maybe one or two more mesh routes without yeah, Christian yeah. Kirk, please. I mean, let's connect some dots here. Christian Kirk misses basically his real first game of the season. And then Calvin really gets 13 targets a season high. Yeah. Because he's got Zay out there pumping him up. Now Chris and Kirk, no one to compete with. We might be cooking. I mean, 47 and a half receiving yards. Get out of here. That's low. Okay, Drake London is up next. This is at the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Hayden, check the weather this morning. Rain and wind, rain and wind. This one's going to be a nasty game. I know a lot of the focus is on that Jets-Miami game. But after what Drake London put out there last week with one of the better wide receiver performances probably of the season. Um. And he also didn't even catch a pass when these teams played in week one. I mean, again, I want to stress like two inches of rain and like 20 mile power wins in this game. It's going to be really bad. I I might need to move him down just as we get closer to the forecast, getting a little bit more accurate. Yeah, I'm with you. He's so good. Like I hate ranking Drake London as like the wide receiver 38, which I've had to do at times because he's so much better than that. Um, one theory is wanting to go by if the Falcons offensive line is all injured, which they, they are right now. Do you think that in Arthur Smith's brain, he would say we have to pass more because this offensive line was here brought in to run the ball and we need all this exotic run game stuff where maybe now we're just going to drop back and see what happens down the field if the offensive line is injured or second theory, if the entire offensive line is injured, that's just really bad news for yeah. the Falcons. I, I I think the latter. I think this might be a game we're going to see wide receivers without gloves on, you know? Oh, man. And so I think it's going to equal a number of just runs, 
lots of runs. Do we know Desmond Ritter's hand size? <laughs> I, I would guess pretty large. He's a large human being. Yeah. We can look this up as we go along. Um, Tyler Lockett is up next for you. We talked about with DK Metcalf. Um, Tyler Lockett just not hitting as pure this season. Uh, Desmond Ritter, 10-inch hand. Those are some yeah, big, big bins. Those are big bins. Uh, Tyler Lockett, yeah, this is just negative game script potentially against the Eagles at home. They've been really bad on defense. Tyler Lockett's still good enough, even though he's not the same player, still good enough to catch a long one. He's been the wide receiver 45 in usage this month just because JSN has been more involved now that he's beyond the post by rookie bump and healthier right now. So those two guys have come a little bit closer, but just the game environment's too good. Jalen Waddle. I mean, people are going to have their eyes perked up. Really? Tyreek Hill as the wide receiver too. And the perception of Jalen Waddle being here as the wide receiver 28. Would you like to unleash your reasoning here? Am I just like missing all these insane good Jalen Waddle games or, or am I crazy? Because right now he's this month. He's the wide receiver 28 and wide receiver 29 usage. We're talking about sauce Gardner wind injured offensive line. The team total typically is at like 30 when we're ranking Jalen Waddle as a wide receiver too. It's now at 23. Obviously he's so damn good. Like one yard after the catch, one deep post, all that stuff. Totally there with you guys. But like, I don't know. We've been ranking him as a wide receiver or other people have been ranking him as like the wide receiver 10 to 12 for months and months, even going back to last year. He, he just really doesn't produce like that. You know, yeah. he's the wide receiver 22 in consensus rankings this week. So that, that's a pretty Significant drop. Um, I will add when, again, I, I brought those slot snaps for Tyree kill. Jalen Waddle only ran eight routes in the slot back when these teams played. He had four of his catches for 73 yards in this place. Mm. If you're watching this game, really focus in on who the slot wide receiver is in any given moment. If they motion into it, like the speed stuff that Tyree kill is doing or so on and so forth. And you're probably going to see where the football is going quite often. Do you know how many uh, top 10 finishes Jalen Waddle has this year? I, I really don't know. I'm going to guess two, one, one. He, he was one. the wide receiver five once. He was a wide receiver 12. He's a wide receiver 16 and 19. Yeah. Other than that, it's been all in the 30s, 40s and 50s. Like, I mean, I don't know. when you have someone like Tyreek Hill out there and you have a play caller who can literally force space for someone to run into. Right. You probably want to do that to Tyreek Hill more often than another good wide receiver on your team. Now, if Tyreek Hill does miss, miss with the ankle injury, I will slide him into the Jamar Chase type of totally. area. But I think, yeah, why throw the ball to Jalen Waddle when you have Tyreek Hill? Romeo Dobbs is up next, and so is uh, Brandon Cooks. Anything you want to talk about your wide receiver 29 and 30 here? I think this is a great spot for Romeo Dobbs for the same reasons why we like Jaden Reed, no Carlton Davis, pass funnel. Um, I think that he's due for some touchdowns as well down the field. So like Romeo, um, and then... With Brandon Cooks, yeah, I mean, he was That's near a score touchdown, kind of. Yeah, but he was tackled at the one yard line on that post route. The next play, do you see what they did? Goal line fade to him. It was incomplete, but I think the Cowboys like Brandon Cooks. He's been a huge upgrade over what they had a- attached to Ceedee Lamb. Um, Forty and a half receiving yards in the pick'em lobby, but Dallas is projected for more points than a lot of wide receivers in that tier, and I think that he's been pretty good. Like he, he seems like he's. Looking pretty explosive. Lots of double moves for Brandon Cook. So uh, let's see if this game can go absolutely nuts and ride the wave of these kind of boom bust guys because I got another one coming up for you. Yes, you do. Gabe Davis. I really should have mentioned that because he kind of has to score a touchdown as well in order to be relevant. He's had five games. Four and a half receiving our projection. Yeah, he's had 
five games of over 50 yards and a touchdown this season. People forget that because like he's also has games where he doesn't have a single catch. Even last week, more two tight end sets. He was out there for 44 routes, 85% of the dropbacks. We just talked about it. Jerron Bland, he's been caught peeking a couple times. Gabe Davis, a couple double moves down the field. Buffalo is projected for over 26 points in this one. So I think it's a good spot to roll the dice with Gabe Davis. Obviously, at all times, we are rolling the dice. But I just think that this matchup with the team total back up, the other team able to score points is the type of game environments where Gabe Davis could shine. Just a mid-show update here. Uh, Chris Olave did not practice this week, and he will be a game-time decision. Bummer. Bummer, bummer, bummer. Okay, we'll keep it moving with your next wide receiver out there. That is Odell Beckham. Again, some fantastic nuggets from the worksheet. That's Rich Rebar. The Ravens are, in a way, like preserving Odell Beckham for like not asking him to play a full complement of wide receiver snaps that we see with other teams and our top two wide receiver on them. He ran a route on just 56.6% of the dropbacks last week and has not hit a 60% route rate in a game since week nine. So I think this is an active thing that the Ravens are doing. However, what we are seeing when Odell is on the field is like big moments. I mean, double moves galore last week and they were hitting tremendously. He's still the wide receiver 32 in usage, uh, which is just kind of taking targets, air yards, how close you are to the end zone, all that stuff into one number. So that's pretty promising that he's not even a full-time player and he's still in this like wide receiver three conversation. This is the same pass funnel that we're talking about with Zay Flowers. And quite frankly, I know that like we can just say ACL tears, old player, inconsistent for years. He sucks. He looks good out there. It's the yards after the catch. It's the ball tracking. It's the, just the rapport with Lamar Jackson and Lamar Jackson's so damn good still. So I I might mess around, find myself in a little 30 and a half receiving yards in the pick and lobby. It, it, it makes me think that when we get to the playoffs and Odell becomes like an 80% sure. snap player, like we're going to see that's when to take the hires. A good spot to take Odell is NFL playoffs best ball. The Ravens can go certainly on a huge run this year and – I don't think people want to click Odell Beckham, but if he, I, I'm with you, if, if he's out there for more snaps, I mean, sign me up. Okay. Now we're in the nasty area. Yeah, we are. <laughs> Terry McLaurin and then like a double dip of Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers and Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. With the Steelers guys, it just seems like we are so close to a total meltdown for these guys. They don't like Mitch Trubisky. They are 28th in neutral pass rate right now. Um, and they're just not efficient players on like yards per target basis. So when you start taking away the targets, things get really dicey there. And then Terry McLaurin, man, he this has month, two touchdowns this season. He's a wide receiver 74 on wide receiver 27 usage. He didn't so catch I'm, a pass the last time we saw him. Like, I'm sure they fixed that in the bye week, but still. I'm trying my best to regress. I'm, I've got all the models running as the R studio is fired up for this one. The spreadsheets are doing anything they can to regress. But it's not on me. It's up to Sam Howell. Okay. Should we keep being nasty here? JSN, Jerry, Judy, which I'm sure the models love last week. Hey, once again, what, what do we always say about Jerry, Judy? 45 and a half receiving yards in the pick and lobby. That's not a bit. I will say, though, the Lions in the dome, high team total. Come on. I mean, it, no, it's Jerry, Judy is Jerry, Judy's best defender. You know, it's he will true. get open. He just cannot get two feet in bounds. Or make a contested catch along the sideline. He can't do it. Yeah. But one day he will do it. And 
we will have to rank him there just in case. Uh, Zay Jones, I mean, talk about a guy that is absolutely getting the volume. That's him. Is he good enough right now? I'm not sure. I do think that knee injury is an actual factor here, but no Christian Kirk and Trevor Lawrence potentially trailing. We've seen them just like toss the ball up to Zay Jones. So we're, we're definitely in the, the roll the dice tier and yeah. not with like roll the dice on like good players. These, these are guys a little bit tougher. Okay. This is super low and I understand it. It is Marquise Brown as your wide receiver 39. I think he outperforms wide receiver 39. I think he outperforms wide receiver 36 where consensus rankings have him. I mean, the last time we saw him, he was obviously dealing with that heel issue, barely played. He's questionable heading into this one. He's been super inefficient with Kyler Murray, nine of 24 on his targets for just 134 yards. That's in four total games. But man, if a bye week doesn't fix this connection and like, Obviously, Marquise Brown's about to hit for agency. I just think, and I don't know how much, I'm not going to say he's going to be the wide receiver 20 this week, but I think he will outperform wide receiver 39. I want him to just coming out of the bye week again, DNP limited Still. in practice with a heel injury. And it's like the last game, he he just had to leave early in it. So I, I'm with you. If, if he was fully healthy, he'd be probably next to Drake London and up in that tier by Garrett Wilson. But I mean, I have to follow the practice reports right now. Totally. Okay. Josh Downs is next, and we love Josh Downs. It has not been like a great streak of games for Josh Downs. He has not top 43 yards in any of his past five games played, and the last time he scored a touchdown was all the way back in week seven. Not a great matchup just against the Steelers. They just kind of put a lid on fantasy wide receivers, and yeah, he just hasn't completely iced Alec Pierce yet. Um, they have like five different tight ends. They like throwing the ball to Zach Moss. Loves to get eight touches inside the the red zone and not score on any of them as well. So, yeah, J- Josh Downs, wide receiver, forty five in usage. I hope he bounces back, but I'm not sure if this is the the perfect opportunity to do so. So, I think more like a PPR only type of guy. Okay, let's close it out with uh, the two slow players who are aging in front of our eyes, and Chris Godwin and Adam Thielen at wide receiver forty one. Again, I want to stress it's going to be really bad weather here. Uh, We had the squeaky wheel scenario with Chris Godwin's wife ahead of last week, and that paid off in a certain way, uh, but not like to a massive degree. And then with Adam Thielen, um, I think the Falcons are, oh, they're not in the same game. Sorry. But I think the Falcons are giving up quite a bit to slot wide receivers. Again, when they played back in week one, despite the great start of the season that Adam Thielen had that week, he was entering it with an issue, an injury. And actually Hayden Hurst had a really good week. But again, we have seen, Adam Thielen, and we've gone through Jonathan Mingo in as well. Uh, not a good environment for them this week, in my opinion. No, this is not a good spot, um, except the Falcons can't rush the passer. So hopefully Bryce Young has some more time to actually. Bryce Young, not small hands. True. Nine true. and three quarter inches. True, true. Um, yeah, I, I don't feel good about the Panthers. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and then Chris Godwin, he hasn't practiced at all yet this week. Yeah. True game time decision. This has just been a lingering issue with him. I haven't been following his wife's Instagram stories uh, this week, but um, no practice is, n- is no good. Okay. Noah Brown here as wide receiver 44. Some people might be using him as a desperation play. I'll bring this up for from Ben Solak, our buddy, because I think the Texans are kind of in a desperate situation. CJ Stroud almost certainly going to miss this game. Already know Nico Collins. If they win, the Texans have a 63% chance to make the playoffs. If they lose, that's all the way down at 25%. 
this past week. Obviously, we did see Nico Collins as the team's number one wide receiver, and it did not work out. He failed to create separation, and he failed to win contested, which at other points this season he had done. Yeah, I just don't feel good about Davis Mills in this spot. Yeah, so he's right next to guys like T. Higgins, Demarcus Robinson. So those are kind of like your dart throw down the field type of options, and then it gets into the slot fest, Curtis Samuel, Elijah Moore, Jordan Addison, Jahan Dotson, Wandale Robinson. So at least Noah Brown works down the field, and maybe they can get lucky there, and maybe Davis Mills looks better in a better just offense in general. But, I mean, yeah, Noah Brown's been goose-egging. And and if if I had to guess... CJ Stroud was just putting the ball in the money to Noah Brown when he was popping off this year. And it wasn't like Noah Brown was like some God all of a sudden. Well, he had some just sick plays. Yeah, he had like, a couple like, moments like, that were totally sick. Like six yards after the catch, after like trucking somebody. I'm not sure how much like that, like <laughs> really moves. Into. And then Jordan Addison. I love Jordan Addison, but man, th- this has been such a sad end to the season for Jordan Addison. And I know. let me just remind you what Jordan Addison was doing earlier this year. Like we got, Wide receiver 17, wide receiver 24, wide receiver 16, wide receiver 30, the wide receiver one overall, and the wide receiver 13. That was all at or before week eight of this entire season. And then in the last five games, at best, it's been wide receiver 33. Yeah, and now Justin Jefferson's back. So I just think that I had a low TJ Hawkinson ranking. People have been giving me some good shit for that one. Justin Jefferson's in town, guys. There's there's a true alpha in the mix. The ball is going to Justin Jefferson. That's at least where I'll have my money. I am very interested to see what Kevin O'Connell is going to do next year at the quarterback situation. I think some people might have speculated that maybe Josh Dobbs is going to get a contract. No, he's now the third quarterback. He's going to be inactive on game day. He's been demoted. And so, to me, Kevin O'Connell would not go into this offseason being like, oh, we need to upgrade our second wide receiver, our third pass catcher, if they were just going to not also try to go after maybe the best quarterback that they can, because he wants a passing game. The dude wants to throw the football. My prediction, Kirk Cousins back, one-year deal, discount, and stick with Nick Mullins as the two and see if Kirk Cousins is ready for week one. That offense was top 10 in every metric when Kirk Cousins was out there. And I I don't think other teams are always going to say, oh, Kirk Cousins off a torn Achilles, like let's fire him up. I think the best landing spot is reset this but not at 45 million dollars i know i kind of feel like they're back done. at 20 but yeah back at 20 million dollars guess what uh x's get back together quite often yeah the reason and obviously they can't be in the justin field sweepstakes it's inside the own division it, so you don't want uh, justin jefferson trying to catch passes from from justin well, fields and hockey that's a lot of mouths to feed i don't know okay would a ridiculous one-year band-aid play be ryan Tannehill? I mean, Kirk Cousins just better than Ryan. No, he is, but I, I am living in the world that the Kirk Cousins Minnesota Vikings relationship is just done. Okay, yeah, it's possible. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were good. (laughs) Like, I I get if if they don't get along, sure, but they were good, and there's not many good quarterbacks that come around. Okay, that does it. Thank you all for tuning in. Um, There are three games on Saturday, obviously, but we'll be back here on Sunday morning. After Aston Villa wins once again, we are back good. here on the channel. They are very good. Number three, um, to answer all your questions, we appreciate you doing that. All right, for Hayden, his ranking in the description. For Weaves, who is on the mend, I am Josh up the Villa. We'll talk to y'all soon. See ya.